0: Well, thank you everybody for joining us. I'm Father Chris A. Lar, one of the Marian priests here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and it's an honor to have you with us. We had a big snowstorm yesterday here in Stockbridge, so I didn't think you were going to have anybody, but praise be to God, we do have some people that came with us today. We hope that you can join us. As you see from your screen, we are doing one, another approved Marian apparition that most people have never heard of. And what makes it so interesting, it came within two weeks in Belgium of Borang, which we talked about, has gotten hundreds of thousands of views already on Facebook and YouTube from a couple weeks ago. And the critical importance of Bohrang in Belgium, literally less than two weeks after in 1933, Our Lady appeared again in Belgium. So she didn't go too far. And uh, Bonneau is the topic that we're going to be talking about today and how it literally changed the world. How could it be that the apparition you've never heard about changed the world, but I can promise you, you've seen the results of it. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. And let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you send the Holy Spirit down upon us to open our minds and hearts to receive the grace you wish to bestow, the grace to lead us all to eternal life. And Mother Mary, as Our Lady of Beno, please intercede for us, and that we may follow the example that you gave us in Belgium to be able to learn today to follow God's will. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And after this talk, we'll be doing a shorter talk today. We'll be followed by the Marian, excuse me, the uh, first Saturday um, devotions, which is very important. So stay with us. We'll do this talk. Brother Mark will shut down, start up a new video, and you can join us for the Mirren Apparitions. Uh, I'm sorry for the first Saturday devotions. Okay, now, Notre Dame de Benoit, or Our Lady of Benoit, is a hugely important approved apparition that, again, very few people have heard about. Um, one of the reasons why it's also called Our Lady of the Poor— The Virgin of the Poor. It happened in Belgium in 1933, Mm. but it was the first and only title of Our Lady given specifically to the poor. This is why it's so important. Now, Our Lady of the Streets, kind of, but this one, first and unique in this sense. So let's look at our first slide. Okay, so this is little Mariette. Beko, all right, within two weeks of Boehring in Belgium from January 15th, because remember Rang, the last apparition was early January 1933, so from January 15th to March 2nd, so we just passed the anniversary, all right, of 90 years, okay, 90 years, is it just past this anniversary, the Blessed Virgin appeared eight times again to a little girl, a little child. And the message she left is still very relevant today, fully approved. So let's take a look. That's her picture. You can see her. That's little Mariette Becko. And now let's go to our next slide because many pilgrims come now today to confide to Our Lady mainly poverty, suffering, and sorrow. Now, this is very important because we all go through that, but no other devotion to Our Lady is dedicated to poverty like this, be it spiritual poverty or, or material poverty. She bears the title Virgin of the Poor. Our Lady of the Poor, and this is going to be important. So anyway, simultaneously with this apparition was Borang, which, again, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. They were both in Belgium. Now, the people were praying for guidance and enlightenment about Borang, and then Our Lady appears to them in Beno, same Belgium nation, and within two weeks, and the message continued. So, let's look at our next slide. So, basically, a confirmed reports of the church that on January 15th, 1933, this little Mariette Beko, she was 12 years old. She was a daughter of a very poor Belgian laborer, saw the Blessed Virgin in the garden of their home. Now, there's the, the original drawing that you can see has Our Lady there in the garden. Now, this child was very fearful um, after she said what she saw because her father at the time was a a, a real atheist, a real atheist, right? So some thought that Mariette had just heard so much about Bering that her vision was just a fantasy. And then the church investigated, but she faced, just like Fatima, do you know the first three approved apparitions of the 20th century? Fatima, bo and Beno. This is so important. It's telling us something. The worst century in the history of the church, the most martyrs, the most oppression, and those are the, those are the three approved apparitions. Powerful. So relatives, neighbors, even clergy, insisted that this vision was nothing but a reflection that she saw of a statue of Our Lady. You know, it always cracks me up when they you know, like at uh, Fatima when 70,000 people saw the miracle this and they called it mass hallucination. That always cracks me up. Like 70,000 people are going to see this and they're all going to hallucinate at the same time. I mean, you didn't even have that much hallucination at Woodstock at the same time. That's so preposterous. So anyway, um, this little girl um, uh, basically had seen Our Lady, so on January 18th, just a few days later, 1933, listen to this, her father accompanied her as she went out into the garden. Now, he didn't see anything, but he was so overwhelmed in the presence, feeling this power of sanctity, that even though he didn't see anything, it was so intense that he converted. Now, in a second here, I'm going to tie into you the significance of all this. I'm going to tell you what Our Lady said, which you say, well, that doesn't sound too significant. But then when you see what happened, you realize how critical this, this, this vision was. So anyway, during the other apparitions, there were eight Our Lady told little Mariette that she was the virgin of the poor, all right, that she came for all nations, for all the sick, to relieve all the ill, all the suffering. This is the first time ever in 2,000 years Mary had done this. Really seems odd, doesn't it? It's the first time. How could we not know this apparition? All right, so Mariette went through the same kind of investigations and tests that St. Bernadette, Bernadette Subaru did in Lourdes, right? There was, after they investigated her, not the slightest doubt, it said, in the minds of the ecclesiastical or the the lay investigators. Nobody doubted her, which is very rare. So let's look at our next picture, so Our Lady of the Poor was approved by the Holy See fully in 1942, and what a time needed when the whole world was at war. Nazi Germany was running amok in 1942. And so it's fully approved, and popes have gone there. Let's look at our next picture. There's John Paul. And so the bishops of Belgium renewed this approbation in 1947. So again, fully approved. Popes have visited. There's John Paul. So basically, let's go through the apparitions now. A little bit about the background. Again, of the virgin, of the poor. Right now, we need this. We need her. And so anyway, in the eight apparitions, Mary said that in total, grand total, 80 words. 80 words. In the entire eight apparitions, 80 words. The rest of her message, basically was her nonverbal communication. And this is what you get with a mother, isn't it? remember when you were a kid, your mom would just, my mom didn't have to say a word. I just, I still remember some of my earliest visions or remembers like being three years old, two years old, three years old, or just being held by my mom. And that's what these children in in, in, uh, China are lacking. We did a story on EWTN. You're gonna see it coming up. We just submitted it to EWTN of these two incredible ladies that went to China and saw these little kids, these little orphans. And the one thing these two ladies said that they don't have is that the staff there refused to pick up the children. They refused to give them any affection because they feel it'll be detrimental to the child. Can you believe this? And one little girl, the orphanage couldn't afford the coal in a freezing winter there in China, in the mountains of China, and they couldn't afford coal to heat the orphanage. And the woman saw a little baby without a leg and asked what happened, and they said they had to cut it off because of frostbite. Can you imagine? A little tiny girl, and most of the orphanages are girls, because the families want to keep the boy, but they'll abort the girls or throw them in the orphanages. And these little tiny girls and this little girl without a leg, all because they couldn't afford heat. I mean, Man, I'm just like I'll cash in my retirement, which which we don't really have in of poverty. But in the Marion Fathers, they allow us if you have a 401k, you can keep it, and because you can't transfer it to anybody else, it's tied to your Social Security. I was like, I'll cash that and send that over because all they need is coal, and and all they need is heat. This is the kind of poor that our lady came. To help. And so, anyway, Our Lady gave this her manifestation, not in words, but in nonverbal communication. It says here that her message was manifested in her, her attitude, such as a gesture of her hand, her smile her sweetness, her humility, her silent prayer, her direct eye contact, her manner of leading Mariette to the spring, which is just like Lourdes we'll talk about in a minute. So the apparitions were at a particular solemn time in human history because Europe was being prepared for World War II. they just finished World War I. And the fact that the the rage of Nazism was already beginning in Germany, in fact, you know that when Mary appeared in, in Bonneau, It was the exact time Hitler came to power. The exact week Hitler came to power in January of 1933 when Hitler was named the Chancellor. Think that's coincidence? Europe was slowly falling into darkness. The poor that were gonna suffer over the next 10, 15 years and so the economic and financial crisis then was already being felt because of the crash of 1929, the stock market crash and the World Depression. You know, it was funny because in the Depression, it, it, the crash happened here in the United States. You know, my grandfather was in Minnesota at the time, and he didn't, uh, he didn't have anything. And they got wind that there were some jobs in Michigan, And so he scrounged up some money to take a bus to Michigan, had no home, no nothing, was living on the streets. And he happened to be at the park, trying to figure out what to do, and my grandma was pulled out of school in sixth grade, and she worked as a maid for the family that invented the Monroe Auto Shock, Monroe Auto Equipment, Monroe Auto Shock, which you can still see today. And she worked for them, the McIntyres, And he met her, and I always laughed because his first words weren't hi or hello. It was, do you have anything to eat? He hadn't eaten in three days. My grandma felt sorry for him and gave him directions to where she worked. She took the bus. He didn't have any more bus money. He walked 12 miles and he hid outside the window because she was the cook and she was cooking dinner. And when she'd look around that nobody was looking, she was throwing chicken legs out the window that he could eat. He hadn't eaten in three days. He ate them so fast that he vomited. That's what it's like to be poor. We have no idea what it is like. I do not talk enough about this. I do not talk enough about those of our brethren that have nothing. And all I have to do is look back at my grandfather. We have no idea what it's like to go through something like that. I've always had food on my table. I've always had education. I've always had clothing, shelter. But it's not that way. And it always isn't been that way. And so this is why she is so important. So then now in the church, there was a father, Louis Jaman who was full of depression and full of doubt about his vocation as a priest. So Mary even gets into the priest here. All right. He was in the darkness like the rest of Europe. He doubted his faith. And like many priests and faithful to or laity today, they're doubting. So in the midst of this crisis, this anxiety, this poverty, in this misery, here comes our lady. Let's look at our next slide. Now, like lords, Beno, and these are the two medals. This is the medal of Beno. A uh, beautiful little uh, medal that you can wear. But like lords, Beno gives all nations a new hope to reveal the presence of this spring, water. It's like baptism. That Christ, that, that is Christ itself, that the virgin of the poor leads you to as the sick and the poor for all nations. And the healings there, some say, are as many as lords. That's amazing amazing. And nobody knows about it. And so God wishes to speak to his people through the most humble and the most quiet. This is this little girl. She was a light in the darkness. Let's watch a quick video. It's only a minute and a half. This video quickly summarizes. You remember Ricardo Montebaum? Well, some of you are probably too young, but Fantasy Island. He was a good Catholic. He's the one who narrates this. So let's take a look at Our Lady of Beno.
1: Just when the apparitions of Borang had ended, Our Lady appeared again in Belgium, this time in Bano. Our Lady proclaimed herself as the Virgin of the Poor to Mariette Beko as she approached her 12th birthday. The apparitions occurred eight times to Mariette, beginning in 1933. During one of the apparitions, Our Lady led Mariette to a little spring that flowed at the edge of the woods. Our Lady declared this spring of water as being reserved for all nations to relieve the sick. Many. Many documented healings have taken place over the years from this water, a spring for all nations. In 1949, the Bishop of Liège declared the accounts of the apparitions worthy of belief. This marked the approval of a third apparition within the 20th century. Our Lady came to Banno to remind us again that in God's plan, she is the essential link with Jesus.
0: Okay, so there you see um, the guy from Fantasy Island, right? The Ricardo Montalbán. But you can see the beauty of um, uh, Benin. And now we're going to summarize these apparitions for you. And again, it's not going to be anything stellar like you'd hear at Akita or Fatima, but the impact was actually just as great. And we're going to tell you what happened after. All right, so let's look at our next slide. Here is little Mariette showing the church officials what happened and where with our Blessed Mother. And so this is basically uh, where Our Lady appeared, calling herself the Virgin of the Poor. Again, fully approved. You can see that's an actual photograph of the church investigation. So now let's go through this. All right, on January 15th, 1933, she had eight apparitions. So we'll quickly go through each of the eight. Uh, Mariette sees a luminous, beautiful lady in the garden of the house, And her mother saw her too. Now, this is classic, all right? So the virgin beckons the child to come out. So Our Lady, now both the mom and the girl see the Blessed Mother. And so the Blessed Mother beckons the little girl to come out, and her mom was so afraid she slammed the door and locked it. (laughs) And so all I could picture would be my mom. My mom, had, my mom drilled this fear of strangers into me when I was a little kid. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. So here's the Blessed Mother. You know, we once had such an obedient brother in Washington, D.C. that when John Paul II was Cardinal Wojtyla, he visited Washington, D.C., and the Basilica is right next to our house. And so anyway, the superior of the house told one of our obedient brothers— While we are gone, you are to let nobody in the house, under no circumstances, are you to allow anybody in the house. And this brother was so obedient that here comes Cardinal Voitia, the future John Paul II, knocks on our Marian door, rings the doorbell because he's familiar with our role with St. Faustina. This was in the early 1970s, so he knew about the Marians, and our role was St. Faustina, and he wanted to come to the house. Brother opens the door, I think it was Brother Alban, opens the door, he introduces himself as Cardinal Wojtyla. says, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed anybody to come in the house, and he closed the door on Cardinal Wojtyla. <laughs> And you know what the Cardinal, you know what Cardinal Voitilla said about him later? Because our Marianns apologized profusely. He said, no, absolutely not. He was being obedient. So can you imagine? Here's Our Lady appearing, and the mom sees Our Lady and shuts the door. So we had the same kind of thing. So anyway, then three days later, on January 18th, 1933, Our Lady appeared again and prayed 20-minute silent prayer with Mariette. Very critical that we pray these silent prayers. So then the Virgin led Mariette to the spring, just like Lord's, And this was the most important apparition. I'm going to come to why a little bit later. So she was gliding backwards in front of Mariette without taking her eyes off the child. She fell to her knees. The child, Mariette, fell to her knees three times to pray with Mary. Now, next to the spring... The spring of water, the Virgin said, push your hands into the water. This spring is reserved for me. Good evening. Goodbye. Just like Boerang, just like Boerang. Now, this is going to be very important. We're going to come back to it. So Mary invited her to push her hands into the water of the source to draw true life from the source, the wellspring, which was Christ himself. So these holy waters ended up healing many people. Again, it's another Lord's, but we don't hear about it. Now, the next day, January 19th, 1933, Mary appeared again, and sh- this is when she revealed her new name. Just like it, what did Our Lady say at Lord's? I am the Immaculate Conception, right? So now all of a sudden, she's appearing and she gives herself a new name I am the Virgin of the Poor never before revealed, and so Mariette thinks that the spring is reserved for her, and so she asks for an explanation, and with all goodness, Mary shows her a smile, and Mary responds, this spring is reserved for all nations, for all the sick. I will pray for you. Goodbye. So just like Bo-Rang, all right, so then the next day, January the 20th, the child, Mary appears again, and Mariette asks, What do you want, beautiful lady? Again, very similar to Fatima. And Mary said, I would like a little chapel built here. Again, one of the most common requests of Mary in these apparitions, like Guadalupe and others, where she asked for chapels. So she blessed the child, and then little Mariette faints. And her father got all freaked out. So his father brings her home. So three weeks go by and the child went back out every evening to pray, but the Virgin never appeared. And so Mariette, who was previously had no religious culture at all, had nothing. She all of a sudden now turned to a life of prayer, just like the kids at Fatima. She was praying up to seven rosaries a day, even though she was not religious. Amazing. And so then, on, and that kind of blows the theory that Mary would appear only to the super of the holiest, right? She's appearing to normal people. So on February the 11th, anniversary of what? Lords, the Virgin of the Poor entrusts the core of her message to Mary, yet I come to relieve suffering. So on the 11th of February... It was the 75th anniversary of Lord's. All right. And JP2 made this then the World Day of Prayer for the Sick. You don't realize, but on a February 11th, we always talk about Lord's, but it's the World Day of Prayer for the Sick. So then a couple days later, on February 15th, Mary had asked for a sign from Mary in obedience. She didn't want to sign. She was asked in obedience. Remember that priest I told you that wasn't faithful. He was doubting this father, Luis Jamin. He requested her. She asked a sign. So Mary answered her, believe in me. I will believe in you. Pray hard. Goodbye. So father Jamin speaks with her. And through staring into her eyes, you ever look at somebody and you just know when they're authentic or not? You know, I can't say that I'm even mostly right, but I've had people come to me. They never said a word until you talk with them and then you ask them questions and you really get to know them or your, their spiritual director and then you come to find out the role that Mary's in their life versus the person that gets up and tells everybody they meet in the street in the bust stop, that Mary appears to me. She's in my toast. She's in this. You just have to really, you can tell by looking at somebody. Somebody who the Blessed Virgin Mary is appearing to is not going to be announcing it to the whole world. Look at me. I've been chosen. I'm the special one. They're going to be quiet about it. They're going to be humble about it. And, and I think that's why the Virgin Mary's never appeared to me, because she knows I'd be blouting it all over the place. And, and, but 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 she's picking these little humble, little children, and so this priest speaks with her. He looks into her eye, and he's converted. This priest who had all this doubt, and so he's converted, and he becomes her most fervent advocate and promoter. So then, February 20th, 1933, there was a short apparition, and Mary implores, implores my g- dear children, pray hard. Notice the theme here, goodbye. So then the last apparition, March the 2nd, Mary appears for the last time, and she says, I am the mother of the Savior, the mother of God. Pray hard. Farewell. Then she laid her hands over Mary And that was the last apparition. So Mariette and this whole sanctuary of the Virgin of the poor was so important. So let's look at our next slide. And so um, this was her. Mariette passed away in 2011 at 90 years old. There's her picture just before her death. And she did not like talking about herself. She totally avoided the public. And she said, I was only a messenger into whom the Virgin used All these are the people that that kind of self-promote themselves that I've been told that I'm I'm the one chosen and the Blessed Mother is appearing to me and I need to tell you, Father, what you need to do. Mm. But I've come across a couple that in the process of spiritual direction and their humbleness, their lack of wanting any attention, their lack of any... Announcing to the world, I have found out. I've run into a couple that the Blessed Virgin is appearing to. Blessed Virgins never appeared to me. I, I have smelled roses. I was in the bottom of a apartment, condo apartment in Michigan years ago, back in my early twenties, before I ever really came back to the church, and and my girlfriend had just left, and I. I woke up at like three in the morning, and I just I had my illumination of conscience. And all of a sudden I realized I could see everything that I was doing wrong, and I begged God. I I begged God. I pleaded with Him to please forgive me. And, and, and I remember I asked for a sign. I would never ask for a sign that God exists. And I remember saying to him, Lord, you don't have to show me you exist. I know you exist. You don't have to do that for me, but please give me a sign that you haven't given up on me. Please show me that it's not too late. I was sobbing. Now, I didn't see anything. Blessed Mother never appeared to me, but the whole room filled with roses. And and it was the middle of winter. There wasn't a rose in bloom anywhere around, and And I had the deepest, richest smell of roses. So how how beautiful that when I ask God to show me that he hasn't given up, I mean, who does he send? The Blessed Mother. That's the sign of her presence. The roses. And so this was the humility of Mariette, which I believe shows us this was authentic. And by, you know... As I said, you know, those who keep saying that Mary comes to me every single day and to announce it to the world, I just, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, some people really supported her and others mocked her, but she maintained her humility, um, you know, which is hard to do. And so um, here's what's interesting. Just like Fatima, they tried to persuade her. This is so similar. They tried to threaten her. Some, somebody showed up offering her a large sum of money to leave Beno and to deny in writing that the Virgin Mary ever appeared. Huge sum of money to this poor family. Now, you know how easy that would be to justify? Well, Lord, you understand we're starving here. We'll just take this money. You're God. This isn't going to hurt you, but it's going to help us you could see where that temptation would be. Instead, she vigorously scolded them. Here's this little girl, and chased them away. And so, anyway, it got real bad. She was sent to a school of sisters to escape all this, the curiosity of pilgrims and the mockery of classmates. And the sisters of the school remembered how quiet and humble she was and how beautifully she took care of the poor children in the school. Just like Our Lady, Now, even during the war, when World War II broke out, she risked her life working for the resistance. But ironically, she wasn't helping the Allies. She helped the German defectors, the German pilots and the German soldiers who left the German army and were sought after to be killed by both sides. And she helped them. And so she got married in December 1942 when she was 21 years old. Her parents didn't agree. She prayed intensely and suffered greatly because her family was upset with her. People slandered her. This is a true child of God. One that is going to bear those kind of trials and tribulations, not a bunch of accolades. And so she was very overwhelmed, though. And here's where it's going to get interesting, All right, Here's where it's all going to tie together. What happened was, she went through all this understanding Our Lady of the Poor and the Suffering, and all of a sudden she was overwhelmed. All at once, her brother died, her daughter died, and her sister died. And she was quoted, Marietta, as saying, I do not understand. The Virgin said to me, I come to relieve suffering. And I have not stopped suffering since the age of six. Why? This all of a sudden made perfect sense to me. As I'm reading about this apparition, I, you can empathize with her, right? Our lady says she comes to relieve suffering, but all of you sitting in this pew and watching at home are thinking, well, gee, where's our lady been? I certainly don't see a relief of my suffering. I don't see it. The problem is, if we keep continuing to live as a culture in sin, we will all feel the effect and the consequence, even if we're not the ones guilty. This little 12-year-old was not guilty of the sin, but she is bearing it as a suffering servant of Christ. You know how you relieve the suffering of others? You take it and bear it upon your shoulders. That is Christ-like. This is what the whole message was. Not that Mary's going to make everything go away. The message of Bono is that Mary came and is asking for you, those particular suffering servants that are willing to take on the suffering of the world to relieve the suffering of others. I'm convinced that so many of you, who had been praying for my mom and took on the prayers and the rosaries. And all of a sudden, my mom makes almost a miraculous recovery just when they named me Provincial it was not coincidental. There's no way I could have served as Provincial if my mom remained as sick as she was. But so many of you took on that suffering. You you fasted, you prayed, you did the rosaries. It just blew my mind of the outpouring of love that you all had for a stranger. So that that way, God could allow me to stay here. Here, That is what this is the meaning of in the suffering. This is what Our Lady says about relieving it. It means that there will be a chosen few to take more on. And little Mariette was one of them. Little Audrey Santos here in Massachusetts was one of them. These are the suffering servants. We did a talk a few weeks ago about the dark night of the soul. Are you too being chosen by God to maybe bear a higher share of the cross? I've always said this. When we experience more suffering, God is asking us to carry a higher share of the cross so that somebody else doesn't have to carry so much. Are we willing to do that? Well, there was a priest and this is where I finish. There was a priest. This is where Our Lady changed the world. The title of this talk is How Our Lady Beno Changed the World. Well, so far, nothing you've said, Father Chris, doesn't sound like it's changed the world. Well, actually, that message of the poor and the suffering, I think, did. But listen to what happened here. This is from the story of the village, a priest and his vow that changed the world. That's the name of the article. Let's look at our next slide. This apparition, as I said, is approved by the church, but it's barely known. Notice that little tiny chapel. There's a picture of it. All right. But what happened there spurred one of the greatest accounts in church history. These are not my words. These are words from the church. What happened in Bonneau spurred one of the greatest accounts in church history of Our Lady's intermediary work through a single man. Probably somebody you've never heard of. Washington, D.C. native, Aloysius Schwartz, father, Al Schwartz. You ever heard of him? He changed the world through Our Lady of Bonneau. Listen, I only got a few minutes, let's listen to his story. Our Lady of Bonneau changed his life, and he made a promise. In the 1950s, Father Al was the lone American seminarian at a seminary in Europe, and he often went to Bonneau. Now, before he returned to America to be ordained in 1957, he went to Bonneau one last time, where he dedicated his life to Mary, and he didn't even really know why. At the same exact spot she appeared to Mary at 24 years earlier. So he vowed to Mary that everything he did in the days that were coming up in his life would belong to her. All right. So it could be argued, many church officials argued, that Mary appeared not for Mariette. Mary appeared at Bonneau for this priest. Mary loves her priest despite our brokenness. All right? Now he's ready to become a saint, he's already venerable. But, but listen to what happened Father Ale spent unmeasured hours in contemplating Mary's very few words to this young girl. How many of us ever meditate like that on a Marian apparition? What happened in Borang or even the big ones like Lords and Fatima? We don't. He was able to give incomprehensible aid to generations of poverty-stricken and humiliated people based on Our Lady of Bono. Why? How? Hundreds of thousands of the poorest people in the world would be given new life because of him. In 1914, this is why Bonneau was blessed, Mary appeared there, I believe, because I found out reading the account, very few accounts of Bonneau say this. I found this in something else. Actually, Chris Sparks found it. In 1914, villagers made a collective vow to consecrate Bonneau to the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you can get enough Catholics in your town to consecrate your town, you're going to see a difference. And so, Right after that, German soldiers came through during World War I. They went right through Bonneau, and they were destroying all the towns in their path, and not a single shot was fired in Bonneau in World War I. So last, last page. I know I'm really running out of time. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but he meditated on Mary appearing, all right, like this bright ball, like the moon. Um, she, he described the description of Mary was she was five feet tall, all right, And she hovered a few feet above the ground, which is like every other one, like Nock, like, like uh, the tree in Fatima, like Borang. And she was known for her smile. So she appeared as a vision of radiant light clothed in a garment. This sounds like Revelation 12. All right. And above a blanket of snow. Future, we're going to talk about Our Lady of the Snows. And so it began... Um, you know, uh, the life of Mariette, her faith life, she started practicing her faith, as we said. But it was this unique second apparition where she showed Mariette the spring that captivated this father, Al, and changed his priesthood. With tons of love, Mary smiled and coaxed Mariette to this spring, just like Lords. And her father watched Mariette kneel, as I described in the very beginning of this talk, Um, And they never saw the spring before. And so now he was too afraid to speak uh, when she plunged her hands into the icy water, okay? And he didn't know uh, that she was following Mary's request. And so anyway, Mariette kept her hands submerged for um, for a long period of time in the spring. And when she released, her hands were all red from the spring. And she began to follow Mary down this narrow road. And her father asked, where are you going? And she said, she calls me. I will follow. It was then that her father could not see the vision, but he raced out to find the parish priest at his rectory, and that was Father Julian. And he too would come to know uh, return to the faith. And so this shows that your faith can bring others back to the faith, right? So a few nights later, Mary introduced herself to Mary at as the virgin of the poor. We discussed this. The first time I said in the history of apparitions that she identified herself as with those living in poverty. And so in the days that followed, the Blessed Mother told Mariette that she had come to alleviate the sufferings of the poor and the broken spirited, emphasizing the need for unceasing prayer. Now, this is what he was meditating on. So I kind of just summarized it, right? So Mary's words led this American priest to build... Perhaps the broadest and greatest non government funded service for the poor and orphans in the history of the world. And we've never heard about this guy. Let's take a look at his picture. There's his picture. What a guy. What a guy. What a priest. This is Father Al Schwartz, and he developed a system of authentically Catholic, temporal, and spiritual care for countless poor children who he would provide an education, housing, meals medical care, catechesis, sacraments, vocational job training, sports, orchestra, music, and all kinds of other extracurricular activities. He was forming the full human person. So after pledging his priesthood to Mary, Father Al left Beno forever. He never went back, unaware of all that God was doing through him, through Mary. Now today, today, more than 20,000 teenage students, are being cared for by the Sisters of Mary that he started in Korea, the Philippines, Mexico, Brazil, Honduras, Guatemala, Tanzania. There are more than 150,000 high school graduates from his Boys Town and Girls Town programs. Amazing that he helped start. Now, Father Flanagan, I think, did the original, but he added more. Some of the poorest children in the world have graduated because of Father to run companies, became um, conductors of orchestra, professional athletes, priests, nuns. They've taken on hundreds of other jobs. This is one guy. So Father Al knew that when poverty ravaged orphans came to know God's unique love for them, they would be reborn. And that's the exact thing that Mary showed Mariette. The exact thing. She was dead in her faith. Why, Father, would she pick a non-practicing Catholic? Or uh, uh, not Catholic. Why would she practice a non-sorry? Why would she pick a non-practicing faithless person? Everybody always tells me you only have to have the highest levels of sanctity to, to experience the Blessed Mother. Actually, here was a girl came from a family who was dead. They came from a family who was completely dead. And Mary gave her the grace to be born again. The grace comes from God through Mary. She was reborn. Now, this is what Father Al took that message this message of Beno to change the world that we don't even know about, hundreds of thousands of orphans, the people that were left behind for dead and gave them rebirth. That's what he accomplished. Listen to what Monsignor James Galasinski said. He said, people say that St. Vincent de Paul was the great apostle of charity and that Father Al Schwartz based his entire missionary life on Saint Vincent de Paul. He said, but I've told people that Monsignor Aloysius Schwartz, Father Al Schwartz, accomplished more than Saint Vincent de Paul. Wow, what Father Al managed to do is beyond comprehension. I was there and I saw what happened. But guess what, everybody? He suffered tremendously. He took on his shoulders that suffering so those little kids could be born again, could be reborn and not have to live in the life of suffering. He died at very young of Lou Gehrig's disease, which my grandfather died of at the exact same age. I never knew my grandfather. Died of Lou Gehrig's disease. My grandfather was a saint My mom's father, my dad's father was a brawler, but my mom's father was a saint. And so this is what he took on. So just before dying, I'm finishing up. I know I'm running late. Father Al wrote, Mary of Bonneau chose me at an early age, just as she erupted into the night in the life of Mariette Becko. She suddenly appeared in my life without any preparation. So look out. She could do you too. She brought me to Belgium where I discovered her. I never heard of Beno before then. So my priesthood in a special way belongs to Our Lady of Beno. Amazing. This Washington, D.C. native brought hope to the poor around the world like nobody other maybe except for Mother Teresa in the history of the world. And we don't know him. And he all came from Beno. Beno changed the world through this guy. He said, "When you pray, you only have to ask for two things." I thought this was interesting. You only have to ask for two things when you pray. One, you should ask for the light to see and know the will of God, not your will. I don't need or I need this, Father. I need this. I need this, God. I need this. No, he said. First, you pray. What is God's will? And second, that you have the courage to be able to do the will of God. That's where we get stuck. I know the will of God, I think. It's pretty clear, the Ten Commandments, the teachings of the church, but do you have the courage to do it? Do you have the courage not to, to step in to the sin? So he had ALS and united his suffering to the suffering of the poor to help them. He went beyond Mariette. That's why they believed that her message was actually for a priest. And so let's finish with our last slide. This is him. This is his picture. Is this the next Catholic saint? Amazing. Father Al's legacy lives on today and the cause for his canonization began, has already begun. Pray for him. And in 2015, Pope Francis named him venerable. So let's pray. Last slide. Our Lady of Beno for her intercession to help the poor. Like nothing I've ever seen in one missionary priest greater than Saint Vincent de Paul. Modern day, this is how Beno changed the world. And this is why we are here for First Saturday, to ask reparation for all the times we have not done what Father Al Schwartz did. We are here to ask reparation for all the times we have walked past the poor. We're here to ask reparation for all the times we have neglected our brothers and sisters in need. We are here to ask reparation for all the times we have placed ourselves before those who need God. And most of all, I am here to ask reparation for the Immaculate Heart of Mary for all the times I didn't take on my shoulders as the priest, the suffering of the flock. That's what I'm here to ask reparation for. What are, what is God asking you to ask reparation for? Well, that's up to you. You pray, we're gonna shut down now. Brother Mark's gonna close down the video and then we're gonna come back up and Brother Ken will lead us in the music and we'll begin the devotion of First Saturdays. You can't get anything more important because our lady asked for this at Fatima and at Fatima, it all, it, it all comes together. It all comes together, and this is a message congruent with that. Now, I talk about all this, and if you want to share in the graces, please join our Marian family because this is what we do. Uh, if Brother Mark, I don't know if you already shut it down, but you can visit micprayers.org and become a Marion help. It doesn't cost anything, takes a couple minutes, but you can be part of our Marian family. It doesn't, it doesn't take about a second. It doesn't cost anything. But let us now stop, reflect, and ask God for forgiveness and reparation as we pray through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, especially for the world today that is in so much need. God bless you. Hi, I'm Father Chris Ayler of the Marian Fathers, and I want to tell you about a grace I hope you don't let pass by. As a member of the Association of Marian Helpers, you can receive all the graces of our masses and prayers and penances just like you were a Marian priest or brother by decree of the Holy See. It doesn't cost anything, and it takes but a few seconds to sign up. Please visit micprayers.org or call us at 800-462-7426.